What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the She's Unoffendable podcast, where that she is me, your host, Rebecca Hamilton. I'm a law of attraction expert, an alignment life and business coach, a speaker, a realtor, and a soon-to-be published author. I love to help people bridge the energetic gap between where they are and where they want to be so that they can live the life that you've like dreamed of. To find out more about me or how we can maybe work together, you can check out my website at www.she'sunoffendable.com. You can also find me on Instagram at She's Unoffendable. Okay, y'all, let's get started. Today, I'm super excited to have Jessica Lentz with us. She is an amazing agent. We met on Facebook. I swear, Facebook has really expanded my world. I feel like before Facebook, how did we live? How did we know people? How did we do anything before Facebook? <laughs> I know, right? And at the same time, I have an equal hate for it. So it's like, a, it's a very much a love hate. But anyway, that's so off topic. But Jessica <laughs> is, a, is an agent. You're in Colorado, right? Yeah, Denver Metro area. Okay, cool. So, um, so yeah, so I was just on her podcast recently, um, Homegirls. And if you haven't heard it or seen it, go check it out. Um, the links will definitely be in the show notes here. And um, and so, I mean, she's an inspiration. She does all the things. And so I wanted to have her on to talk about all the things. So tell me about you and how you got where you are. Oh, that's a loaded question. Thank you for <laughs> on today. <laughs> um, let's see, how did I get where I am today? Um, so like the normal Cliff Notes version, right? Like I've been married for hundred years, it feels like. Um, how long has it been? It'll be 11 years this year, but we've been together for a lot longer. Um, I've got two boys, I've got one who's almost 20 and I've got another one who is almost 11. Um, born raised here in Denver, really just kind of a boring story. Oh, it's like a cute fairy tale story. No, it's like, <laughs> Um, I mean, I was a single mom. I had my oldest son when I was 18. I graduated from Columbine. So that always tends to be. Oh, who knew? Um, I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. So were you there when everything went down? I was a junior. Wow. So you were like there that day? Mm -mm. I was out of town. Isn't that crazy how that happens? I, yep. I called my, I called my dad cause I had a toothache. I was in Oregon. And I was supposed to come home like three or four days later. And uh, my dad, and my dad never cussed at me, right? And he says to me, do you have any fucking idea what's going on? And I'm like, I'm in the middle of nowhere. And he said, this gunman just walked into your school and opened fire. And I laughed because I was like, what does that even mean? Like, what does that even mean? Yeah, registering that is kind of like, what? Like, I don't even know what you're talking about right now. I thought it was a senior prank. And then my dad got quiet and you could hear the sirens and helicopters all over oh the my house. Gosh. So, so crazy. So yeah. is that like, what, what was the deal? Like, how did that make you feel? That had to have been nuts going back to school. You know, what's funny though. It's not funny, but like, what's interesting about the whole thing is um, a lot of people have asked me that over the years and I can honestly like full face tell you that I don't think it affected me as a kid because like that's the way that life was. Yep. And then you have kids who go to school yep. and then the reality of being of this that's in. And so I don't know if it really, it affected me obviously, but certainly um, not in a way until I was probably 25 when my oldest was really like mm -hmm. kind of in the throes of it. And yeah. So, yeah, so I mean, and I think that that's, especially now in this whole, you know, uh, shoot up places kind of situation we've been in since Columbine, really. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like that is a question or something that runs across the minds of parents that send their kids to school. And, and yet it's kind of like out there, but it's, it's still kind of like, hmm, could that happen? But it's a real thing. I mean, it's yeah. a real thing. Uh, that we have to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. It's not, yeah. it's not talked about enough. And um, I'm curious now, we'll just take this a whole different way for a minute. <laughs> I'm curious now what your like 
what your stance is on, because I hear a lot of different takes on that. Some people go, oh, well, we need to get rid of guns, or oh, we need to, um, you know, lock down schools, or what, whatever it is. Like, there's a lot of different ideas out there of how you deal with that. What's your, uh, what's your take on that? Um, so I have what I call my really like trite opinion, which is uh-huh. I'll be just nicer to each other and respectful of each other. And, you know, I've had so many people roll their eyes at me and, you know, that's such a roses and butterflies stance. And you know what it is? It a hundred percent is. I also believe that that's the solution to a lot of our problems right now. Absolutely. And then like my bigger response on it is, um, I love to go shoot guns. I love, to, <laughs> I love to go to the shooting range. Um, but I also do strongly believe that we have to go through classes to get our driver's license. We have periods to get our driver's license. Um, I do strongly believe in some form of gun control, um, whether that's a 30 day waiting period, um, background checks, stronger background checks, whatever that looks like. But I do, I don't think anybody should just be able to walk into a store and walk out with whatever they want. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. I'm not a big proponent. I think the gun is the symptom. The shooting is the symptom of the bigger problem. So right. I'm kind of with you. I'm so about just raising better kids and being kinder. Like that's really what what can change the world. No guns doesn't change the world. It's just the same world with no guns. You know, like, how do you actually really change the world? So I I love that answer. I like trite. I'm down with trite. (laughs) I think especially deeper. We complicate everything, right? And really, like, most of our issues can Mm -hmm. be really simplistically. Have you had this? Our sons are almost the same age. Have you had this conversation with him? And what do you think? About what? About guns? Just shootings and suicide and like the way that the world is in general for kids their age right now. Well, I think with Zay, yeah, I've had this conversation. I was having this conversation with him when he was much younger about, again, I think it goes back to your trite answer, which I think is actually a really heavy answer that people consider trite because they can't fully wrap their minds around why that's important. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we're like, we're in this doing world where we have to be doing and it doesn't really matter how we feel. And it isn't really, you know, I just saw a post the other day where a lady is like, it was about masks, which we won't, you know, get into, but I guess like over here with masks, but she was like, I don't, Oh, I'm fuzzy. That's what I get for moving. Will I come back? There I am. There you go. It's like, um, I won't, I don't care about your feelings. I won't wear a mask. And I'm just like, do you understand? So the conversation that I've always had with Zay is A, to follow your heart. Like, I think that's something that most people don't do. So they become sort of like grumpy. I think it's like this, this cause and effect of like not following our hearts, not taking time to be connected. So he grew up with me as a mom and you know me, I'm like a little that way. So everything that I like put on Facebook, he gets like 10,000 fold. And luckily he's open to it. Um, and you know, so yeah, so, I mean, I've had the conversation. We actually, (laughs) I I kid with him now. I'm like, we're going to go get a gap, man. We got to go get some gaps. Like, I don't have a gun currently, but I plan to change that. I just had never taken the time to do it. So I guess the times are sort of like, you know, yeah, when it comes to school, you know, he wasn't in school, so I didn't have to talk about, you know, what to do if that happened. I mean, do you, does, so what do you like with your, how old are your boys again? Colin, my oldest is almost 20 and then our little one's 11. Is 11. So what are there, like, what conversations are you having with them around guns and around like, there's so much going on right now. I feel like we could have like a There's so much going on. (laughs) I mean, we've talked about all of it. I think as Colin, my oldest, has gotten older, I think the really fun part about this age of parenting is you can see that you're moving out of like the parenting phase. Yeah. And you're starting to move into like that friendship, like we can sit and like have a beer in a couple of years phase. Yeah. So yeah. Had a long conversation, you know, obviously about everything that's going on right now. And his really interesting viewpoint on it was, um, suicides are higher, shootings are higher, 
um, his feeling on it is it's because kids are constantly comparing their insides to everybody oh, yeah. else's And he was uh-huh. like, you know, they sit on social media all day. They want instant gratification. No one can mm-hmm. even sit at a concert and watch the concert in front of them because they're recording it to show everybody how cool they are. Um, and he doesn't have social media just to have like at all, um, oh, wow. which I think is pretty telling of like who he is as a person, but that's his feeling on it. Like we're so busy comparing what you're choosing to share with me yeah. really going on. And that's what people are running their inside yeah. off of. No, that's super smart of him. And I, I completely agree with that. And I think too, we have a society of, in my personal opinion, of lazy parents. Mm-hmm. Parents that are not doing what they say, they're just saying, hey, do as I do as I say, not as I do. We have parents who are who are medicating their problems instead of dealing with them. We have mm-hmm. and parents are like that that important like it is that important to do the work and so like that's a testament to you and how you've raised him not whether you have social media or not but the fact that he has that insight is amazing I mean at 20 I feel like when we have insightful kids who are actually thinking about stuff and thinking about you know the world and you know Zay I think made the connection which you know for him he's like it really does matter what I love to do. And that's why he went from football to real estate to, okay, I'll help you with real estate, but this is what I want to do because he's like, you see the people who are making the money and they're miserable. And that's, you know, that's like a no go for him. So yeah, I think it's, I think those are amazing conversations. Just raising a better generation is gets me pumped girl. Amen. And high fives (laughs) to raising cool kids. Yeah, raising cool kids and raising, like, I hate the posts where it's like, I got beat as a kid and I turned out okay. Like, what's the problem? My thing is, like, can we raise the bar a little bit from, we're supposed to raise the bar from our parents, right? Like, we do better. We try to do better. Like, we, you know, whatever. So, absolutely. Well, very cool. That's, Amazing. Um, so, so yeah, so you're, what, what are you guys doing about school this year? Hmm. Like what's going on there? <laughs> don't, so you can't roll your eyes any harder than you just rolled them. So no. um, I am so thankful. We only have one kid in school. So um, my oldest, he works full time. He went to, um, he's a mechanic. He's at work full time. The little one on the other hand, right? Like this is the issue. So we just got notice from our school district that we're only, we're doing a hybrid model. So two days a week, okay. out of school, three days a week in school or at home. I'm sorry. Okay. So him kind of make the decision because I was going to change my schedule if I needed to and tailor back. Um, but he wants to go to school for those two days. And so we said, okay, we let him make the choice. We ordered a desk. He's going to have a desk here in my office so that him and I have a workspace together during the day. And, you know, I, I see, am I happy about this? Of course I'm not. I don't think anybody right. is. Um, but I'm a firm believer too that the way that I react to what's going on is going to dictate the way that he reacts. So if I have a negative attitude towards that, and I might bitch to you as my friend about it. Right. I'm going to bitch to my 10-year-old who has to live this life right. and like this. Um, so he's pretty pumped about it. I was like, dude, we get to go to school two days a week. Yeah. <laughs> At least we get to do that. Yeah. So he's all pumped about two days. So that's, that's how we're dealing with it. Um, my honest opinion is we'll probably not be in school past October with the way things are going, but we'll see. I don't even know. Like, I can't even, I'm so glad that I don't, it would have affected us anyway. Zay wanted to, you know, he chose homeschooling for years, but I do feel for the kids, like I was thinking about Zay in his junior year and his senior year and how he worked so hard to be able to go play football. Like he was up at five and he was staying late, you know, just, and then to think that everything is just, who knows if that happens. And I think that that's, I think resilience is such a good thing for us to build in our kids and, and the ability to change directions 
Um, because man, I bet you there's some really upset or disappointed, or I'm not even sure oh, yeah. the right the right word. So, well, we um, I t I took um, but to Hayden, my little one, I said, you know, there's a lot of parents who are really going to struggle with this, who work full time and or don't have money, you know, to buy the stuff that we need at home. Um, so Hayden and I are actually running a contest right now and well, not a contest cause that sounds terrible, but we're taking, um, we posted in a local Facebook group that we mm -hmm. want to ease the burden on a family by buying Google Chromebooks for their family. Oh, that's cool. They couldn't afford it. So Hayden is responsible for going through the messages and reading and picking what family. Figuring out who dessert or who you're going to give it to. Do you want to talk about an eye-opening experience for an almost 11-year-old child? Oh, I'm sure. He's probably like, wait a second. I've had all these things I need. What, you know. Yep. So, yeah. So it's kind of cool. I mean, not cool because it's obviously so sad. This many people need help, but it's been really eye-opening for him. Like, as hard as this is, it's harder on others. And mm -hmm. we that, and we need to lift each other up and help each other right now. Yeah, I think releasing our sense of um i don't like the word entitlement i'm really tired of the word entitlement but i think that we do have and we have every right to want what we want we don't have a right to like you know be mean about it but we have a right to want what we want so right. that's been a fine line and i i think that's an amazing thing like we haven't done anything like that i mean we've you know we haven't put anything together like that but I've been super happy about the way just Zay has reacted to it and not been like freaking out and it's you know he just turned 21 he spent his 21 21st birthday I was gonna say 21 I really was uh, <laughs> birthday um his 21st birthday at home it was corona you know, it was really corona time, right? Get it, get it. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, those are really neat things that you can, you know, teach your kids to show them, like, you know, we got, we do have it good. Like, when I look at what's going on, I'm like, <laughs> I'm in an amazing position right now. Yep. And, and that's what I want him to recognize. Like, yes, things are hard. They could always be harder. And for yeah. right like in this moment we're super blessed and yeah let's do what we can to make the someone's day a little yeah. better um yeah. was kind of our thought process too was no i completely agree fucking sucks right now because <laughs> yeah well yeah and i have this crazy desire to just leave like i might just be alone in this i would just want to just get in my car and just leave like just go I don't even know can I go to Wyoming I mean is there's is there feeling claustrophobic is that how you're like like claustrophobic like everything's closing in around yeah, you yeah and, and it's like the well first of all normally I've taken like two trips by now at least to just to go see my husband much less just regular stuff we haven't done anything so that's you know part of it but I'm like what about Montana maybe Montana would be good yes let's go let's go play Yellowstone for the week I know right uh, yeah it's <laughs> crazy it is crazy so yeah so tell me about your business tell me about what's going on with you how did you give me your like your background on your business like how you got where you are yeah. So, um, it's actually a really funny story. Um, my husband actually used to be a real estate agent, uh, way back in the day, him and his grandfather owned one of the top real estate brokerages in Littleton where we all grew up. And I worked in medical and had zero, never had any interest to get into real estate. So, um, eight years ago, they brought my position. I worked from home. So they brought my position back in house and I was like, I don't want to go back to work. So I didn't. And then like six weeks of being a stay-at-home mom, I was like, I'm going to lose my damn mind. So I was like, was it for you? huh? Was it for you? Not even like this much, friend. Like, okay, okay. I can feel that. I get it. No. So I went, um, 
I was like, I know I'll get my real estate license. And I was the girl, like I hate where I'm like, I'll close like one or two deals a year just for extra spending money. Um, so I went to real estate school. I got my license on a Thursday and I wrote my first contract on a Saturday. Nice. Um, like I didn't even have our contract system yet. I had to like use somebody in my office, like no clue what I was doing. Um, so by my, Second or third year, I don't even remember anymore. I um, was the productivity coach over at Keller here in town and um, did that for a while and then decided I hated it. Like I loved coaching, but I didn't like like the politicalness of the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I know yeah. that political realm. Yeah, so I got out. I decided I'm gonna just go to a small like mom and pop brokerage that my friend opened. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the last two, years um my business my I've always had yeah I've always been super blessed to have such a great business I know a ton of people I have tons of friends so I get to hang out with my friends all day and go look at houses like how right. that? um but the last two years specifically my business has un, un, like I don't even know what's happened just absolutely exploded um I also restarted a coaching program from home so I coach other moms around the country Oh, cool. Tell me yeah. about this. I didn't know you did that. Yeah. And I don't really talk about it that much. It's like a word of mouth, like on the DL type of thing. Um, so yeah, I only coach other women, um, and they have moms cause that's my jam. Um, my entire business, like if you looked at my marketing budget every year, it's like nothing. Uh-huh. And I'm up 20 million a year by doing nothing other than nice. So it's teaching moms how to build their life around those hours. I don't work outside of, um, for the most part, I mean, obviously things happen, but the most part, I don't work outside of school hours. And, okay. you know, so I, it's teaching other moms how to live this. Re- how to set the standards, how to create. And I think that's so needed, um, in our business because there are so many people, I need a new camera. that doesn't make me fuzzy every time I move. <laughs> and that's not cool. Anyway. Um, but you can, you get in this business and you can run yourself ragged, um, by just like, you know, constantly being, you know, it's like not setting those boundaries ahead of time. So I completely agree. And I love that, um, that approach because I know plenty of moms who don't even know how they, I mean, legit, that's pretty much how I made money. I didn't do any marketing when I was raising Zay, but I was, you know, did all his football stuff and I did all, I did all the other things. So I would find business that way. I definitely couldn't coach around it, but that's, you know, something that, that if you are intentional with your time, when you're, you know what I mean? Like you Mm -hmm. can do it. So what's your like, Give me your number one. I hate when people do this to me, but I'm going to do it to you. Give me your number one. <laughs> Just because I know you can handle it. So give me your number one tip for a mom who is right now listening or watching this and going, I wish I could get my business going. What's your number one thing? Like, this is the base point you start at. Um. Ooh, that's a good one. There's probably two of them. So number one, never say no to anything. Mm-hmm. Go to every party, go to every event. Well, obviously right now that might be a little difficult. <laughs> and if, if you're not being invited to stuff, post the stuff. Like it's, it's free. Like really and truly doesn't cost anything to go anywhere and meet people, right? Like right. many people into your world as you possibly can and build authentic and real relationships with them. And the business mm-hmm follow. I'm not saying it's an overnight thing, but uh-huh. bring as many cool people in your world as you can. And then not only do you have all these great people in your world, but eventually when they want to do business, it's going to be with these. Really They're cool going to do business with you. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then my other piece, my, and this is probably the biggest one. Um, and I'm really good at it now, almost to the point where I'm kind of a dick about it. Oh, <laughs> nice. I have an expectation sheet that I give to my clients now, and it is uh-huh. very big. Y'all text me after six, you're not getting an answer. You text me before 9 a.m., y'all ain't getting an answer. Like, it right. is very blunt and to the point. Um, oh, that's good. That's a that's good. That's good. I mean, yeah, I like that. 
I have a promise sheet that's like really to build loyalty, something I really haven't ever had issues with, but yeah. I don't, like I started doing it about midway through my career. Um, having this sheet that basically tells them, hey, here's how I can help. Here's how you agree to use me. And, but I never really put in anything. So maybe it is smart to put that in there. I don't know. Are you the type of person, hold on. Are you the agent who's like, I'm not working on Sundays. I don't care. Is that you? No, I don't do that. Um, but like if my son has a baseball game, I'm probably not going to work. Um, right. But I, you know, if my husband's home, my husband works for the railroad, like just to make it even a little more crazier around here. Oh, wow. He has like no schedule. So that's the other reason I have to be so strict with my boundaries, right? Is his schedule is so crazy that one of us has to have control. A strict, right. Yeah. And this is the only way to do that. But like, if he's home, like I'll go show houses. I don't care. Like I've never missed a baseball game. I've never missed a football game. I mean, never, yeah you know, wrestling practice. I've never, that's your important stuff. These, that's the priority. Like work is here. The priority is getting to the things. Cause well, and I always look at it like, you know, there's always that meme on Facebook that says, and I remember reading this probably 10, 15 years ago. And it said one day there won't be anybody left to take to practice. Yep. And I remember reading that and I was a young mom at the time and I was a single mom. So I didn't have, I didn't get the opportunity to be what I felt like in my mind was a good mom, right? Mm-hmm. I was at school full-time. I was working full-time. Like we were trying to survive where now both kids, like I'm home, I'm here. I can be a mom. We can do stuff together. And so I think for me, I took that to maybe a really far degree, but to me, it's a privilege to raise your kids. And to me, it's a privilege to get to be here. And one day, like this time goes so fast. I can go get another few deals when they're gone. I can't, I can't go back in time and go to that baseball game where Hayden hit his first home run. I can't imagine missing a game. Like I can't imagine. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And when I had Zay, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be at every single thing. Since mm-hmm. obviously his dad couldn't be there. So I'm like, okay, I... But I would have wanted to be there even if his dad was, because I would have been like, okay, I got to go see the thing. So, um, yeah, that's exactly true. There are only small ones. And after that, I think, too, I've seen people live with regret. It is so heavy. Like, regret is so heavy. So it's like, so it's it's nice to not, not live that way for sure. Well, and how many women in this business, I mean, you know a ton of them, too. That like we constantly, and I think women in general just have that yes, ma'am, yes, man kind of yeah. because we're people pleasers just by nature. And how many women constantly allow their boundaries and constantly allow their time to be sucked away because they're afraid to be assertive or stand in their truth or, you know, be okay with the decisions they've made. And I see it every day where I'm like, oh, yeah. It's all the time and it takes working that sort of energetic muscle. It's like takes working that it's believing that your abundance is there no matter Mm -hmm. what, like whether you say no to this or you say yes to it, your abundance is there. And I see that in a lot of ways. There's a lot of bullying in our industry, um, not by clients, but by other real estate agents. There's bullying by coaches. There's like, I'm so like, and I'm a person that is so against it. So when I see it, I'm like, no, fuck you. I'm not, I don't care. Did it. Like it just comes out of me like this. <laughs> not everybody is like that. Like I get that. So I think teaching people, teaching women, and I'm the same way. Like I only coach women because that is, you know, um, I love the idea of teaching women how not to be a people pleaser and how to stop taking those emotional hits and our mental health is so 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 important that like it goes hand in hand right with what you're talking about it's like you have to have the whole thing in order to like really actually feel good you know you can thrive all day but if you're not feeling good then what are we doing here what are we doing yeah literally like I have clients who are making a shit ton of money. Yep. And she's not happy. And so well, it's, it's like, like 
Yeah. Well, I made the comment to my husband last night. We were talking about the school. Mm-hmm. And I said, at the end of the day, like I've already made X amount of money this year. If that means I don't do anything else the rest of the year, then fuck it. Yeah. There is no bigger freedom than oh, yeah. to say. Because people always get caught up in money, money, money. Like for me, money equals freedom and decisions and choices, right? Mm-hmm. So to be able to say like, if it's too hard to work and do this three days a week at home thing, I have privilege to say. The wherewithal, yeah. Then we're done. Like then I'll just focus on him and this will come later. Like it is what it is. And it, it all comes together anyways. Every single year that I was, you know, in the beginning until he was in middle school, I was unschooling him. And then after that, he was homeschooled. And that whole time, like every year, I couldn't see to the next year. Yep. Like I couldn't see it, but I knew that I believed so much in what I was doing that that was enough to float me. You know what I'm saying? Like that. And I just believed so much. So yeah, it's like, you don't see it now, but it's going to all work out and fit in. And you know, maybe your son will be the next real estate agent in your family. Yeah. And the other thing too, is like, I, you know, I, you and I, we talked about this, I think on our podcast, um, like, it all goes the way it's supposed to, right? And it all ebbs and flows the way that it's supposed to. So if you're in a season where you're meant to be really busy right now, then that's what's going to happen. If you're in a season where you're meant to be a little slower and, and not be as crazy busy and focused on your family, then that's the way that your business is going to go. All you attract what you need right now. And yeah. So- and I think even the words like meant to be, I feel like it's even more powerful just to be like, this is what I want. Like, because mm-hmm. legitimately, if your son is home, just like you said, mm-hmm. that's what I want. Like, I want to be able to do this. So that's yeah. like even like you know the most powerful is when we can just have what we want. It's like, and especially when you can take a situation like you just said that you don't because that, that's essentially what you just did. You took a situation, and this is how the mindset of people who who can function through crisis. In my mind, this is their mindset: is that they go okay, well, you take the situation and you turn it into what you do want. So mm-hmm. it's no longer that I don't want it. This thing is happening. You're like, oh no, I do want it because of X, Y, and Z. So yeah, yeah. good job. It's called a, it's, <laughs> and for those of us that are control freaks like myself, it's taking control back over yeah. something that you don't have control over because the only thing you can't control is your reaction. That's and right. Interpret what's happening around you. So preach, girl. Just going ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I think we all are control freaks to some extent, some less than others. I think one of the journeys, like for me, it's been just to, you know, release that. So that's basically what you're saying is that you release it by taking it back. (laughs) Exactly. Is that that what just happened? Did I just, did you just do that to me? Okay. Just making sure. Yes. So well, very cool. So yeah, that's, that's gonna, gonna, so do you, in the podcast that you do mm-hmm. have three other amazing agents on your page, do you guys yes. all work together or like if you had something, do you have a team? Do you have, what do you, what do you, how do you manage your business? So I'm actually a single agent. Um, I just, you guys, everyone dies when I say this, I finally just hired a transaction coordinator. <laughs> It took, um, in June, I had 21 under contract by myself. And that's what it finally took for me to be like, I need help. That's yeah. what it took for a control tree. coordinator is like a lifesaver. Yeah, it took me eight years. And what, no- what stopped you? This is interesting. What stopped you from doing, from doing that control? Okay, so there's two things. And it's two things we always laugh about. One, the control free thing, right? Okay. I touched on that. And then the other thing is, we always joke that I'm Jewish, so I hope nobody takes offense to this, but I'm cheap as hell. So we're always like, it's the only thing about you that's really Jewish, that and your nose. Um, But uh, I hope no one's offended by that. Um, But uh, I I really and truly have this like overwhelming belief that like it just wasn't worth the value, right? So when you have convinced yourself that something's not worth it, it doesn't matter how cheap or how expensive it is, you're not going to do it. And I had this complete belief system that nobody can do anything as good as I can. Nobody can be as efficient as I can. Uh-huh. 
And finally, like last month, it was June and I was like, I'm drowning and I need help. And so I decided to just throw some deals at a TC in my office. And now she has everything. She, so. <laughs> you realize that you're in your ways. Mm -hmm. Yep. So yeah, it uh, changes everything because you lever you're leveraging your time. I mean, you're actually able to expand so much better and deal so much better. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's for sure helped. And now, again, with school, I need to leverage out some other pieces as well. And so uh -huh. I hired a virtual assistant. So, like, we went from no help to, like, who all can I hire today to help me? Yes, yes. Well, that's uh, good, especially getting ready to do what you're going to do, yeah. being able to have good. I think the biggest issue is, like, finding good help. But it sounds like you found a good TC. Yeah, she's awesome. I um, did my very first like showing assistant type situation. So I'm learning like, you know, once I kind of got a little taste of leverage, I don't know if there's ever going to be any coming back from that now. Oh girl, yeah. Once I figured it out, showing assistants, admins, transaction coordinators, whatever I can get to mm -hmm. free up my time. And really, I don't know what transaction coordinators are there, but they're, I mean, they're really not expensive here. Like, I mean, they're not right. Like it's three fifty a transaction or something <laughs> stupid. And you would have thought that like someone was asking me for eighty percent of my commission the way that right. I, I mean, it just is what it is. But so I'm a single agent. The other three girls that are on the Home Girls podcast, we do not work together. Every okay. one moon, Lindsay and I will do like um a listing together or something because it's uh -huh. fun. Um, so Lindsay and I are in the same market. Angela is south of me and then Kristen's even further south. So oh, okay. it was a very organic, um, we were, we all met on social media, the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, we decided like to go hang out in real life last summer mm -hmm. and we were literally on a boat and we were like, we're really funny. People should hear what we have to say, you know, just like everyone. <laughs> right. yeah. Um, and then it turned into like this really like serious, like, oh, this is actually a good idea. And then we, you know, decided to start talking to other, you know, amazing people in our industry, mm -hmm. you and so many others. And it's taken on like this life of its own that I don't think we were expecting. Yeah. Um, and we've had, you know, I don't know anything about podcasts until this year. Like I will fully admit it. Right. And I listen to podcasts all the time. Um, but I didn't, we've had like a decent amount of downloads. We have like a decent right. wing and like, what the I hell? Know. It's kind of cool. And then it becomes addictive to look at. Like <laughs> when I first started my podcast, I, it really was like, even just the other day, I was messing around with it and you're, you're like, Ooh, that downloaded. Ooh, how many did this get? And you go and look. And then, but it's really every single thing you do it, it in terms of that, like you do a podcast, you do a YouTube channel, you do Instagram, whatever, any of the things, all of mm -hmm. them require like systems to get them out there yeah. and so when you can have like you said organic growth where like you know you haven't done a lot to do that those are those are like I feel like if you put something behind it are you guys marketing it or no you not, I mean, like we don't not really um we were just asked to be on top per, real producer magazine I don't know we just did a magazine shoot for real producer magazine mm -hmm. um, like we were on the cover, my husband and I were laughing. I was like, look, I'm a centerfold. <laughs> so, you know, I, I mean that, I think maybe like, that's helps. awesome though. That will definitely, but that's free. That was free advertising. It's free. I mean, we're not so, doing anything. You're not uh, like pushing it to grow it. Right. And we've just been really fortunate that we have some really amazing friends within the industry who have been like, I think that our friends have maybe believed in us even more than we've believed in ourselves. Yeah. Helped kind of push us and help, you know, we've, we've been very fortunate. Like we have amazing relationships with people and I'm so thankful for all of them. So what's the plan with the podcast is just to have a podcast and not just, but I'm saying, is that the like end plan with it is. So I think for all of us, um, I think the coolest part about the four of us is, we are all in such different phases of our real estate career. Mm -hmm. um, Angela owns her own brokerage. Kristen's a husband and wife team. Lindsay built this massive team and was closing, you know, 500 units a year. Um, so everybody has like their own shtick and their own niche. Um, 
if I'm talking like a perfect world, I would love to have like a coaching program built around the homegirls and, um, you know, Angela does staging on steroids. Like you wouldn't like you friends with her on Facebook. I think like her, the stuff she does is outrageous. Yeah. It's really good. And so I think that there's so much opportunity there. I think one of the biggest challenges is you've got four women with families and husbands and kids and drive and businesses. And yeah, it's really hard to get all of us together all the time. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's definitely something you have to work out. I've been a part of some things like that, like smaller, whatever things that have been, Oh, let's do this. Let's do that. And one thing that I definitely, so like I instantly go big, big dream. Like, okay, where, where are we taking it? Like I'm instantly like, let's grow it. Let's do this. Let's do that. You know, that's how Lindsay is. And I'm the one in the back going, no, no, no. We have to be careful. We have to be small. We have to do it by little step by step. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. And I'm for that too. Like, you know, at the same time, I'm, I love it when there's like organic, in fact, all my business has been that way. I haven't put any money into any business yet, but well, I mean some, but not marketing wise. So that's like on the, on deck for me this year. So I'm like, okay, I'm ready to expand. And when, when you do it, you better be ready. Right. That's why I was wondering what, what you guys were up to in that regard. Yeah. So we just launched the podcast in March. So we started recording in January and launched in March. So it was a pretty quick, like, process. Um, and so I think we're still kind of playing catch up from some of that. Okay. Gotcha. This went really fast and we had a lot of success. So, um, but yeah, I would think in a perfect world, like that would be the goal is to, you know, kind of have like a year long coaching program and, you know, maybe one quarter you're with me learning how to build your business. Right. And then you transition over to Lindsay, who will teach you how to do your first hire. I don't know. I'm just like, spitting right now, but right, right, right. <laughs> you know, and just to have different, which I think is kind of cool, cool with having the four of us, you have four different perspectives, you have four different styles, you have four different ways to do things. Yeah. I've seen other programs like that, that have mm-hmm. like a couple different coaches in it that yeah. cover all the different areas. And so that, I think that's super cool. Yeah. So we'll see. Definitely, we'll see. Especially when you niche it down and it's just women and it's just, you know, I think that makes it even more, I don't know, don't get me started on business ideas because I can go on some <laughs> business ideas. Yeah. Uh, so let's see what else I wanted to ask you. Well, I did want to ask you, being that you have all the things going on and, you know, like, first of all, do you, ha- do you set like production goals and is the first thing. And the second thing is, how do you stay centered in all of it? Like, how do you find your time? Your, I mean, if you're writing and doing by yourself 21 deals, I don't know if you're going to home inspections and you're doing all the repair thing. I don't even know how you breathe doing that. Like I personally would like lose my shit. I'd be like, no, I'm done. Um, I've gotten to 10 and been like, okay, good. So <laughs> I don't even have a depth for that. So like, how do you really keep, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I'm curious how that looks for you. I don't really, you know, I'll be honest with you. I don't even know where all this business came from, especially Mm -hmm. being, we weren't even allowed to show houses or have in-person appointments for a month and a half here. Right. Um, Probably that's why everybody was waiting a month and a half. They're like, we're coming in June. Yeah, something. But, um, you know, so I wasn't, I mean, I'll be honest, like I wasn't prepared and to sit here and say in any way, shape or form, like, you know, I was doing it and doing it well is just a fucking lie. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. So that's not an, so that's not a, like, I was like, if you're doing 21 deals a month, like, and that's a, no, this isn't, that stuff. was not normal. I would say uh, you know, like this year I'm on pace to do 70 deals by myself. So okay. I, I'm pretty busy right now, but 21 deals, that was not. Okay. That was, that was that shit. Yeah. Cause I'm thinking like, how do you survive mm-hmm. doing that? No, I barely did because that was crazy. Um, And, you know, everybody is super high maintenance right now. And, you know, I think their aggravation and anxiety with the world is like spilling out into like real estate world because like that's the one thing that they're like, I can focus on. And I'm like, Uh that'd be cool. Um, But no, so um, 
I did not do it well at all. So what is your market like? Is it crazy? Because here, you can't get a house. Like they go just like this. Everything has multiple offers. It's insanity. So Denver has been the hottest real estate market in the country for the last six years. We are finally starting to plateau a little bit, which was needed. Um, so we are still having pockets where we've got the crazy bidding wars. And then there's other pockets that are, you know, you can't give away a house. Um, do, you have, do you have a lot of inventory? Like what's your inventory like? Our inventory this time over last year, we're actually, um, we're only at the last statistic that came out last summer, we were at like 8,700 houses in the metro area this time last year. And the metro area is huge, huge. Right. Seven counties. Seven hundred houses. It better be huge. Yeah, eighty. So eighty-seven hundred in inventory in a massive market. And this year we were at like sixty-two hundred. So oh, wow. Even, so even though we have COVID, you know, right, and we've got this pandemic in the background, interest rates and even lower inventory than we've normally had have been. But like, I've got a couple listings that like, literally, I could have stood on the corner with a free sign and no one would have taken them. That's so crazy. So it's weird, like you. You know, but our average price point is 550. So if you're under that 500, if you're between like the four and 500 mark, mm -hmm. probably in a massive bidding war. Yeah, our well, oddly, we're coastal Florida, and our average is like 250. Mm -hmm. is an average price point for us, but our cost of living is way lower than where you. Yeah, are. you wouldn't even be able. I mean, you can barely find a condo for 250 here anymore. Right. No, you can find them here for that. When you get up in the fours, it gets a little bit, you know, chip more chilled out, but it's crazy the amount that people are going over. I literally have been looking for a house and I went 10,000 over the ask and still didn't get it. 10,000, like we've never had that market here. In 17 years, yeah, 17 years, we we haven't, I mean, well we did in 2005, right before the crash, six, seven, and then we had the crash, it was crazy like that. But now it's like, is it gonna crash? Like it's not gonna crash. So what's, what what is Lindsay's, I meant Jessica, like you said Lindsay, it got me thinking. What is your, <laughs> prediction for where the market is going and what's going to happen. Give me your crystal ball. Um, so my, like, especially here in Denver, like, I don't, I don't see us crashing here in Denver. Mm -hmm. um, I said, Welc welcome to our market for the last six, seven years, by the way. Like our welcome. market has been like this too, just not been Multiple going up so much. Yeah. I keep seeing everybody comment and I'm like, welcome to Denver. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I don't see it. I don't see it crashing, especially. It's hard to say that though, because how long is COVID going to go on for? How long are things going to be shut down for? Right. How long are people going to be unemployed for? So, and how many other jobs are going to be lost? Right. And so I think like that's the biggest variable right now. So to even say like any, if, if we were in a normal market, I think mm -hmm. we'd plateau and the market would continue to move forward and we'd be in a little bit more of a balanced market, but mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, we're starting yeah. to see foreclosures in the secondary market um, as far as vacation homes in the mountains and things like that. Interesting. Yeah. We're going to start to feel the, you know, kind of the heat of all of this first is in that secondary market because people are at least in their primary residences. Right, right. And so, like rentals and stuff. I'm sure. Well, you know. Even rent out your houses out here during COVID, like the VRBOs and the Airbnbs and all that, like you were not allowed to. Right, right, right. Yeah, I'm just thinking like rentals are going to be something that's going to start coming on the market too because you're going to have people who are renting who can't, you know, who they can't pay, so which it sucks. I mean, it's like there's no good way. The good thing about foreclosures, as I've said before, is like they actually get appraisals on them, so they're not the same as short sales, so they're not going to make our market do what short sales did, which is madness. So. Knows, yeah. I mean, I think the other, you know, glaring question mark that I think that a lot of people in our industry specifically aren't talking about is the forbearance and deferments. Um, oh, yeah. I saw a lot of realtors, a lot of realtors on Facebook during this whole thing, advising their clients to call and get deferments or forbearances. And so mm -hmm. 
got an email to my clients saying, if you can pay, you need to pay. Yeah. Did you see there was an article recently? Wells Fargo, like put somebody on forbearance, like doing them a favor, which sounds kind of crazy. And if that's on there, you can't buy from what I've heard. Like you can't sell and then buy something else. They won't finance you. So definitely do not need to be doing forbearance. And oh, who was the chick that was just on social media that's been floating around the finance? Oh, Susie Orman. Yeah, giving that bad advice. I was like, what the hell is she talking about? <laughs> yeah, like just because you can pay cash for everything. Um, right. Well, there's a lot of cash in this market too. It's kind of annoying. It's like every time we've been getting, I, my clients have been getting beat out and we're employing all tactics. And uh, and it's like, we went 10,000 over and did this and did that. And, and why, what happened? And it was like, oh, it was a cash deal. I've heard that like the last three times. So just like... Yep. That's how Denver, I mean, Denver was like, you. So this is how it's been for you for the last five years. Mm -hmm. Like to the point, and I should, I, well, hopefully no one that I, none of my clients would listen to this, but like when buyers would call, I'd be like, fuck. Oh, I don't because you're a lot of work right now. Yes. So in every, like up to like what you're saying, the average is mid fives. So So even in mid fives, are you having the multiple? Well, and just to give you a little bit of context, when I got into real estate in 2013, okay. our average price point for a single family home in the metro area was 227. Yes. Seven years later, our average price point is 550. That is insanity. In seven years. So, I mean, if that doesn't show you what's been going on. Holy crap. I think we're headed for that here. Mm-hmm. I think that's exactly where this is going, what's going on in Jacksonville right now. Well, and like so many of my clients that purchased for the first time back in, you know, 13, 14, they're selling and going into seven, $800,000 houses and their mortgage is exactly the same. Yeah. Because they have built so much equity from doing nothing. Yeah. No, that's insanity. That is so good. And yeah, yeah, you're right at the point where you, you're going to, you're starting like your business is like you start getting referrals, but in that seventh and eighth and on you get like, you really become a referral machine if you're, and you are doing what you need to do that, that referral business Mm -hmm. is, is major. Yeah. And that's where, I mean, that's where all my business comes from. There's a few, like I'll call FISBOs and expireds because if I'm in a bad mood, like I'll fight all day long with a FISBO because I think it's fun. Um, but for the most part, I'm all referrals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is the good thing about it once you get going, for sure. So, so did you tell me how you stay centered or did we pass over that? Like in a normal world, in a normal um, function? In a normal, not June world, when you're just yeah. normally doing, bit, well, not normal, we can still stay in COVID, mm-hmm. but just, in, you know. So during COVID, um, I read a lot which was nice. Like I was like, we have all this time and you know, what's, what are some things that I've kind of lost the last Mm -hmm. years as life has gotten busier and um, reading was one of them. So I started reading. What were you reading? Tell me, I need to Uh, know. Let's see. So I read Ninja Selling. I don't know. Oh, good book. Yes. 12 week year, obviously. Yeah. 12 week year is a good one. Um, I just ordered this one. Tracy Tudor, Fear is the Four Letter Word. So she's, I've never read it. She's on million dollar listing Los Angeles. And I think she's a who like she's such oh, a, okay. she's such a badass. And so she just wrote this one. Um, I read the Michelle Obama autobiography. I haven't read that either. I haven't read it. She's so, like, it's such a good. Oh, really? I have to get it. I yeah. have to get it. No, I have I like, a girl crush on her. Really? I, yeah. I have to read it. I don't know. I've, I haven't, I haven't even gotten that. I've been, Oh, I've been reading all sorts of crazy stuff, but yeah, that hasn't been one of them. No, it is so good. Um, but like for me, honestly, sitting, like listening to music at like a uh-huh. really stupid decibel <laughs> is yeah. to do. Like what's your I, favorite song? Like give us some detail. Oh, what are you listening to? I listen to everything. Like if it's but just like, what's your pump up song? Like what's your song that you're like, Oh yeah, this is my jam. Oh, this is my jam. Whitney Houston. I want to dance with one like that. I want to dance with someone. I love it. I could be in any type of mood and I'd be like, oh, there's my girl. I want to dance. 
dance with somebody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And just lose my mind. So that's my, that's my like go-to, like I need to feel better, be better, be in a good mindset. Um, and then I have like a really crazy, weird crash on Taylor Swift. Like I'm like obsessed with her and like a really. Yeah. Oh, did you watch her documentary or whatever that was talking? I thought that was so interesting. I was just like. She strikes me as very lonely. Yeah, I think so. But I think that that industry in general can be very lonely. Mm-hmm. And especially like when you hit a certain amount of success, like, I don't know, do you feel unrelatable or do you like, you also have to worry about so much stuff. Like, I feel like there's so much that comes with it. I love Taylor Swift though. I love her. I just like, I mean, I'm so mad at Kanye. So whatever for taking her, her moment. They showed that the other day and I was just like, with his stuff right now poor guy i know i saw that and i think it's so funny so tell me your thoughts on this because you see that and then you see kim come out <laughs> when he said the uh what did he say what's the mom's name chris jung un i almost lost my shit that was so <laughs> funny the meme was hysterical anyway but i think the unfortunate part though for the kardashians i feel like everything they do is really inauthentic so let's just say for a second, there is something really going on with him. And there is, I believe. I think so too. But like, I just feel like everything with them is a ploy for media attention and to stay yeah. in the spotlight. And so it's hard for me with that said, like, I love what Kim's doing. I love, you know, kind of her new journey path, whatever you want to call it, that she's on to help. Um, that's been nice to see her actually like do something for someone else. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. But like I saw the the statements that she put out mm-hmm. and somebody wrote on Facebook and was like, you know, don't say that Kim doesn't care about Kanye. And like all these people are having these conversations about something that they legitimately don't know. No, nothing about it. It blows my mind that people really so you really think that you even have any idea what's going on behind the scenes with them because of what they show you that's exactly what we preach again just like you said that your that your son said the comparing on social media that's exactly what's happening is people going i think i know what's going on with kim kardashian and kanye because of this the only thing we know is that kanye does have bipolar issues we know that for sure and we know that what he's saying is out of character but i agree with you i don't and I appreciate what Kim Kardashian is doing. I don't know why we're talking about celebrities right now. I know, right? Um, whatever. <laughs> we have something to say. We're going to get our opinion out there, damn it. But, um, but I'm just like, yeah, everything is for, for profit. Everything is, it's, it's just. It just nothing story. feels authentic. And I think like that right. always comes back to with me. Yeah. Um, with, with that specific group. That There's whole gang. Just I know, but I even feel like that with, the law work, I feel like that with all of it, I have a hard time getting on that bandwagon because I am glad that she's doing things, but I'm the same. I feel like I question the motives, which I really don't care. I mean, I'm glad that she's helping the people she's helping, but I don't know. It's not that I don't, I like the hustle. I just don't like the way it, the hustle is. The hustle doesn't feel honest. That's what I don't like about it. So. But, I, but you want to know what's funny is that's how I feel like a lot about a lot of people in real estate. Like if we're just going to relate it back to like our industry, like how many people in our industry that you like see stuff and you're like, oh my God, you're so full of shit. Yeah. Or like that are acting like they're, yeah, acting like they're doing more business than they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and also like the amount of people, like you and I both have experience we have a platform to pull from we have we've done what we're coaching right there's so many people too out there that just came in the business and are like now they're a coach or you know what i mean like whatever and talking about let me tell you i and this is this was somebody that i was looking at to help it was somebody i was going to hire which i'm like you i am very tight so if I'm going to hire you, like it must be. So anyway, this person had good reviews online of people that I recognized and turned out being like a train wreck and not being good at all. Like it was just like Twilight Zone. 
And, uh, and I've had that happen a couple times in real estate with different like coaching products or, or programs or, um, you know, whatever, just different things you sign up for here and there, even though I'm not a shiny object person, but I feel like if I felt it, I can imagine what the average person is who's like buying the shiny objects to yep. something. I mean, imagine what those things are going through. Yeah. Nope. No, thank you. Shiny object person? No. I never like, I just do my thing. Yeah, me too. You know, I like to, I call it party farming. Go have fun. Let's hang out. Let's be friends. Let's drink wine. <laughs> and eventually you'll buy a house with me because I'll get you drunk enough that you'll make the decision. <laughs> well, you're obviously doing something right because you're killing it and doing your thing over there. So I'm glad to know you have coaching now. Everybody that listens to me will know that you have coaching. And um, and then, yeah, do people blow up, girl? You obviously know what you're doing. So what's it called? Is it just coaching? What's My, your coaching just program called? Text me if you're interested. Like, I don't, <laughs> I literally, it started, I think I said this at the beginning, like it was a very like organic thing that happened. Like. I had friends who were in a specific coaching program that just wasn't going well. Like the coach wouldn't show up to the call and they would call and they would yeah. be like, what do I do? And I'm like, fire them. And then through that, they would be like, well, why don't you coach with me? And I'd be like, okay, like I used to do it. I think I can do it again. Yeah. That's why like, you know, I only take 10 at a time and you gotta we, get official. Yeah. We revisit every 12 weeks and see if we're still a good fit because there's yeah. time. There. you know listen if you're a good coach your clients should outgrow you pretty quickly they should that's why i like situational coaching i don't yeah. like the long drawn out you have to pay there's a lot of people who push coaching programs that turn into pay to play sort of worlds mm -hmm. where you have to continue to pay something to stay in their world and i'm just like I, i'm not willing i'm not willing nor am i the type of person who wants to do that either or what about no refunds? Let's talk about this really quick. And I know we're over, but it's your fault. So <laughs> it's always my fault. It's always your fault. What about, what about no refunds? So I, and that was my problem I had with the chick that I hired. She said, no refunds. I ended up getting a refund. But what, what about, like if somebody, obviously coaching is a little bit different, but like, what, just what are your thoughts on no refunds? It's kind of a catch 22 for me because, you know, um, it's, it's one of those things that like you can coach somebody all you want, but if they're not going to do anything, like whose, whose fault is it? Right. But if you're not even getting on the calls when you're scheduled for an, a 9am call with so-and-so, cause they've hired you, you're the problem clearly. Right. Like, Every situation is different, yeah. um, but I think in order for coaching to work, you have to be with someone who's aligned with your beliefs, like your the systems that you want to run, the way that you want to run your business. If you're not a cold caller and you're coaching with a cold caller, is that going to work? No. no. Yeah. So don't do it. Um, and I also think a lot of people coach simply because they feel like they should, not because they really have the desire. Um, right. And so I think, you know, it's, so the refund thing is kind of a catch 22 for me because a lot of times I don't think it's the coach's fault. No, I agree with that hundred percent. And with coaching, it's a little bit different. Um, like for instance, I have my, um, align for realtors program that it's a course, right? It's a 12 week course. No, it's not. It's a five week course. I'm not kidding. Um, it's a five week course and that program if somebody got in and said, hey, I want to get a refund and they're in there the first week, I'd be like, okay, here you go. If oh, somebody goes all the way through and does every little bit of, like, you have to do all the work. You have to show up. You have to do all the things. If you had the nerve to say, hey, it didn't work then, then I'd be like, okay, cool. You can have your money back. But I just, with coaching, it's different because I know with my coaching, once you give the advice, you, nobody can come back and be like, oh, I want my money back. Like, no, it doesn't work like right. that. Right. But a program like that, like, that's a different conversation. And that's more what I'm thinking of is like, but even yeah. still, what if you hired somebody who to do something for you on a, on like a, a specific job on a call 
and you get on the call and you guys do it and they don't deliver. What are you supposed to do? Just be like, oh, well, since you spent your time, I should still, you know? Let us not forget I'm cheap. <laughs> Thing. Uh, no, no, hold on. I, I went, so I used to always say I was cheap and my friends were like, you shouldn't say that. It's a bad affirmation. I'm like, you know what? You're right. I should practice what I preach. So now instead of saying I'm cheap with money, I say I'm thoughtful with money. Yep. So that, because then it's not, you know, I'm not, because yeah. honestly, I bet you if there's something you really want, you're going to buy it. Totally. However, if I feel like I didn't get the value for my money, I'm very thoughtful with it. <laughs> And I'm going to call you. <laughs> Me too, girl. <laughs> Me too, girl. I mean, it just is what it is. Mama works hard for her money. I'm not trying to give it away. So. Exactly. <laughs> okay. We are wrapping up. Okay. But it's been so much fun talking to you. I could legit just sit here and just talk to you forever. But everybody would be like, okay, we're sick of you guys now. So <laughs> this is the question that I'm asking everybody at the end is to tell me what area, so you know you're on, she's unoffendable, that's my podcast, the whole idea for it is just becoming unoffendable is sort of like, my definition for it is that you can take, you know, because we are such people pleasers and we are so wanting to make everybody else feel better before we make ourselves feel better. Um, so the whole idea behind it is that we can take opinions and advice and whatever but at the end of the day we do what we want and we're not drowned by those opinions and that advice so what area of your life or maybe where i don't know what's the biggest area or what area of your life have you become unoffendable so i think there's two pieces for me i think the first one is um just being authentic to yourself I think, you know, there is a lot of truth to when you're the older you get, the more comfortable you become with who you are. True. And that's why you like, we always joke that like old people don't give a shit. It's because they don't. Yeah. <laughs> Legit. <laughs> um, and so I think like the older I've gotten and the more that like, I haven't tried to put myself in a box or try to be something I'm not, or that's definitely changed. Obviously, once you become so comfortable with yourself. It doesn't matter what everyone over here says. Um, and then I think I said this to you at the beginning. The other piece of it for me is um, I just don't react anymore. I, I am yeah. such a reactor. And I get so upset and I get so angry. And um, I've really had to learn how to not be that way. Because what, what purpose does that serve? And so when you can stop reacting and you can sit back and thoughtfully think about what somebody else is saying or feeling or articulating, mm -hmm. it changes conversation for yourself and it changes the way that you deal with things right yeah the way it is well you're all unoffendable and shit so that's good <laughs> <laughs> you're there girl you're like all the old people you don't care i don't so, care no. i like it i like it no that's what it's all about is just feeling good and living the best life we can mm -hmm. um that is as true to ourselves as we can be and we're a work in progress and that's okay. So I love it. Well, you're amazing. Um, where, so where can people find you? Like, do they just find you on Facebook? Obviously we'll have stuff in the notes below, mm -hmm. but like if people want to, want to hang out with you, talk to you, how do you sell their house or sell them a house, uh, mm -hmm. coach them, um, drink wine with them, yeah. just talk them into selling or buying a house. Where do they <laughs> find you? Uh, just hit me up on Facebook. Just my name, uh, Jessica Lenz, um, or my business page is Jessica Lenz, your Denver Metro realtor. Um, and then also, you know, the Homegirls podcast for um, Homegirls CO on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all the things. So all the things. Uh, just hit me up. I love to get to know everybody. All right, cool. Thank you so much. Bye. Oh, Thanks for having me. Yeah, totally. All right, y'all. We'll see you next time.